0: Well, welcome back listeners, welcome to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Today we're going to talk about all things conversion, increasing your sales and profits by optimizing your website to make sure that you're responsive to what your visitors are looking for and what they're currently doing, whether it's an e-commerce site or a lead generation site. So joining me in studio today, I've got Justin Christensen. He is a best-selling author and he's the co-founder of a company called conversionfanatics.com. He's a self-proclaimed numbers junkie and a a digital marketing veteran. He's a father, he's a husband, and as I mentioned, he's the number one best-selling author of Conversion Fanatics, How to Double Your Customer's Sales and Leads and Profits with A-B Testing. He's also the co-founder of Conversion Fanatics, which is a full-service conversion rate optimization company, helping companies like Burt's Bees, Dr. Axe, and many others improve their results. I think you really enjoy our conversation today. It should really shed some light on how you can get higher ROI, make more money from your existing website with your existing ad budget before you look at starting to scale and spend more money on advertising. So I'd like to welcome Justin Christensen to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Well, hey, Justin, welcome to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Hey, Doug, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you because, you know, I spend a lot of time uh, helping my clients market their businesses and I always seem to be arm wrestling people saying, hey, we need to do some testing before we just keep spending money and, uh, you know, doing a little bit of a deep dive into what you do. I mean, you guys specialize in helping people increase their conversion. So do you want to give us, you know, just a, an overview of, of what services you offer and how you move the sales dial for your clients?
1: Yeah, so we're a full service conversion rate optimization company. Essentially, we take care of the heavy lifting around helping companies better connect with their audience, better figure out what drives their audience through testing and uh, optimization of you know, their sites and you know, visitor flows um, to kind of squeeze more juice from the, the orange, if you will. So we uh, just try to move those KPI levers and really just understand the behaviors of the visitors how they're interacting with the brand and how pushing them in the direction that we want them to go on the site and hopefully spend some more money (laughs) with our clients
0: well so in the simplest terms i mean i you know people say hey do you build websites so not really i mean we will for our clients but you know lots of times in the marketplace people think hey i built my website i've arrived and i've said no you've built your website now you're just about to start because your audience is going to give you some feedback so Just to make it clear for our audience, you're talking about taking and optimizing my existing website. So I want to leverage the traffic that's coming there, whether it's paid, organic, or however it's getting there to get the highest conversion. Is that correct?
1: Yep. So, and I I look at it a little bit different too. It isn't just the conversion rate. You know, uh, obviously I'm in the conversion rate business, but to me, that's kind of a relative number. I mean, I look for the scalability and the sustainability of a company and really just what's driving that audience. And- if conversion rate is improved because of that, then absolutely awesome. Um, but other metrics such as average order value, you know, cost per acquisition, you know, lifetime value, all of those other metrics that go into it, um, we could obviously go down that rabbit hole, but I'll refrain <laughs> from that. Is all of those things are impacted if you can just better connect and better engage with your audience? They're going to do more of what it is that you want them to do, and in turn, spend more money with you. But that's a big piece of the the puzzle that most people overlook is they're so focused on, I just need more eyeballs on it and driving and spending money, whereas they could be more effective with that advertising dollar if they were doing optimization on site as well.
0: So, you know, can you give us a glimpse of, of how somebody would, uh, you know, take a look at this? Like, where's the low-hanging fruit? So, you know, you, you must talk to hundreds or thousands of different businesses and, and look at different businesses. You know, where are people usually missing the mark? There must be one or two major things that you're just going, you know, this is, this is it.
1: Well, a, a lot of the things that I see even more recently is companies driving traffic. Say, say you have an e-commerce store. Is they're driving traffic to maybe a landing page? You know, they're spending Facebook ad dollars or they're spending, sending money on Google and they're thinking they're driving into the landing page and you come in and you tell them, well, that's great. You're sending to a landing page. I want to focus. I want to do some work over here or maybe on a cart or maybe on a, a homepage or something else. And they're like, well, I'm not driving any traffic there. Well, when you come and look at it and actually break down the metrics, their homepage might be second or third on the list in terms of traffic but might be the biggest area of leverage. So they're focusing on the wrong visitor journey and really figuring out where their visitors are at on their site and where they're falling off in that process versus just like, hey, I'm spending money on this particular page and thinking that we just need to put all of our focus and energy into that one page instead of focusing on the bigger picture of where the journey is. But really, it just comes down to figuring out where the visitors are at, where they're going, where they're falling off on the site. It's probably the biggest thing, and a lot of companies really don't look and leverage their analytics and the data that they're actually collecting is probably the biggest thing I see when people are falling short or um, you know, looking to grow or get that you know exponential growth or scalability in their business.
0: Well, it's funny when you said that they're focusing on the wrong customer journey because I think about even, you know, when I'm helping a client to put together a campaign, we're often doing exactly what you said. We're focused on here's the landing page or here's multiple landing pages. We're going to do some testing and some optimization on the copy and the offer. And here's where we're going to buy our advertising and we're going to drive them there. And we assume as marketers, I can't speak for everyone, I'm often assuming as a marketer that the people are going to follow the path I've given them. I've got Mm -hmm. them from a Google ad to a landing page. And what may happen is they may not hit the landing page. They might just go Google a company name before they go there anyhow. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I call it
0: the path of least
1: resistance to the end goal. And the landing page might be the first interaction. Maybe they land on that landing page and then they bounce. Maybe something isn't there from a trust or credibility standpoint, or they aren't feeling comfortable, or maybe the attribution isn't day one. Yeah. You know, a lot of people fall on that. They think that I put a dollar in, I need $2 out day one, instead of, oh, what happens if I open that attribution window up to 30 days? Maybe I haven't built that credibility. I haven't built that trust. They don't like me yet. They're not really sure yet. They haven't officially made that buying decision because obviously there's a lot of choices out there on where to buy stuff these days. And every e-commerce company on the planet is competing with Amazon. (laughs) If if you're not joining them, obviously, but then that's a whole different story. But So we need to just focus on where those visitors are at and look at things from a global picture rather than, oh, hey, I've got this landing page. If I change the button color or I change this headline, it's going to raise or lower my conversion rate instead of focusing on the bigger overall picture and I really just, I I know I've said this a couple times already, but I look at it from a scalability and evolution standpoint, because the more you can test and tweak and understand and answer that question, why, in regards to how your visitors interact with your brand, the more you can evolve and change as buying habits change, you know, distractions become more prevalent, you know, mediums change. And at the end of the day, it's just dealing with people. It doesn't matter what you're selling. They all have the same thing. And you just kind of identify what they like and dislike and what elements actually hold the most weight in their eyes. And then just give them that best experience. And then your conversion rate will fall where it does. And your metrics will ultimately work out um, over time. Because I mean, I've seen companies where we've helped them scale, you know, 300% in revenue, but their conversion rates stayed relatively the same. Even though I'm a conversion rate optimization guy and we've been testing and proving and seeing improvements in the conversion rate, it just helped them scale their traffic that much faster and scale their, you know, product offerings that much faster and just helped them expand a lot more easily and effortlessly versus turning on a bunch more traffic and then seeing the conversion rate drop down to, you know, half of what it was previously. We were able to see and kind of mitigate that downside of really opening up and scaling.
0: So I uh, you know, I'm just unclear on what you mean by so when you're saying scalability, so are you talking about, you know, new new uh, leads and traffic in the door? Are you talking about more conversions at the back end? So what do you mean by scalability?
1: Well, it's really that. I mean, that's the 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 holy grail really, isn't it, in marketing? It's be able to scale an offer. Yeah, absolutely. You know, really open it up to as many eyeballs as you can get on it and be profitable in that process. And a lot of companies will fall short because they're so worried about getting eyeballs on it. They're so worried about focusing on their you know, Facebook ad campaign optimization, not really paying attention to true optimization on their landing pages or their site. And they go in one day and they turn on 50% more traffic or 30% more traffic and their conversion rate drops and tanks. Um, they can't sustain that increase. You know, everybody wants to be spending, you know, ten thousand dollars a day and be profitable, but they can't go from hundred dollars to two hundred to three hundred and scale up that very, very quickly. Whereas, if you're better connecting and evolving with your audience on site, that side on the ad side becomes much easier. Okay. Yeah. So you can turn on more traffic a lot easier because you're so dialed in on what your visitors want on page and you can adapt very quickly because you're optimizing, because you're learning, because you're answering those questions. Why? It allows everything to be more effective because I've, I've seen it before. Like I mentioned that 300% scalability, this company went in, we were testing and optimizing and seeing improvements. We took their conversion rate from about 2% up to three, all profitably and, you know, doing it that way. And then they went and turned on 70% more traffic in like two weeks.
0: Yeah, that's um, cool.
1: And they were like, hold on, our conversion rate dipped now back down to 2.1. Well, that was fine. They were freaking out. But when you explained it to them, it's like, hey, your conversion rate was 2%. Then I moved it to three. Now it's back down to 2.1. But you got 70% more eyeballs on this and it's still profitable. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you just hit the holy grail in two yeah. weeks. Yeah. Like literally in two weeks. Um, you know, we've done it again where we've doubled, you know, daily subscribers because, you know, daily paying subscribers um, in like 45 days, all because doing the same thing and not even touching the advertising side of things, which is where people don't understand is if you're doing what you need to be doing on an optimization standpoint on site, everything else becomes more effective. Your cost per acquisition will see 20 to 30% reduction in cost per acquisition without ever even touching the ads. Because we're just so focused on giving that visitor a best experience that we can on the site and giving them what they want, that it, it drives everything else. Um, so all the ad guys get super excited when we start optimizing and seeing improvements. Because if you know ten percent more people convert, uh, you know that just gives Facebook's algorithm all sorts of love and stuff that they can use to to help you increase and improve
0: on that side too. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a question then around um, what when you're seeing on-site conversion and the optimization that you're doing. Do you see a difference in um, the traffic source, the way that people may uh, interact with the site? I mean, we talked a little bit before we started recording around using heat maps and IMAPs and scroll tracking. And I know, for example, if I'm if I'm doing something in the financial space, I'll get a better on site visitor from Yahoo because the legacy data from Yahoo Finance and I will from Google. But Mm -hmm. but Yahoo's not as scalable. So do you notice a difference when you're working with your clients in terms of the customer's behavior on site based on where they came from?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, you look at this, even look in the baby boomer environment, chances are Bing is going to be a good, you know, like you mentioned Yahoo, but Yahoo and Bing are going to be different because that's where most of them live yeah. uh, versus say Google versus Facebook versus native ads versus organic. Um, if people are searching out the solution, that journey is a little bit different because they're looking and seeking the answer and they landed there because they knew they had a specific problem or they were seeking something specific versus Facebook, they're browsing their newsfeed and all of a sudden they see this advertisement and be like, hey, this is cool. Let's click over here. And then they're browsing and they didn't even know they needed it. But then now they're into that journey and into that pipeline. So you got to kind of look at it from that standpoint and look at it from an attribution standpoint and the building of that trust like I mentioned a couple of times is is expanding that because Facebook might be a little bit more nurtured. Yep. We see a lot more interactions on Facebook, say they'll come to a landing page and then they'll immediately click over on the about page to look and see and build that credibility because they don't know what they don't know. Yep. <laughs> and they're looking for some reassurance that it is legit. And it is the way that it needs to be, versus just hopping on Amazon and clicking. Yeah, I need this product. One click at, boom! It's at my doorstep in two days or two hours. (laughs) But (laughs) that's right. uh, So yeah, you definitely have to treat it separately. But we generally like to optimize as a whole because there's such a mix in the omni-channel environment. That's coming on the site. Um, New versus returning, mobile versus desktop, tablet in some cases, if you have an older audience, which is one thing that people overlook um, a lot. If they have an older audience, is tablet conversions, because that's about the only audience that actually has anything meaningful um, as far as data is the older audience on tablet. But yeah, I mean, there's just so many things to look at, you know, email traffic coming in the door. So we look at things very holistically and try to optimize as a whole but we generally will test separately on mobile and desktop and there's often times where um, we'll test the same thing on mobile and desktop desktop will lose and mobile will win so we'll just make that the new control on mobile and desktop is the original. So we'll create that different environment based on the results that we're getting from our testing and our experimentation and all of our you know qualitative kind of analysis. To really build that ultimate experience, because having a mobile responsive website isn't enough. You know, you you could have the things fall into place, but is it really best for your visitors? You know, things function and change in the mindset and the buying habits and scrolling and the, you know, the behaviors of the visitors on mobile are completely different from desktop.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll, you know, in most cases, like you said, with the mobile responsive site, all you've done is taken, you know, what people are going to look at their desktop and make it viewable on mobile, which doesn't mean it's optimized for mobile. Right. So question around content then. So if you've got, you can you know attribute the the visitors to the traffic source and the journey is different. Do you ever get involved in or help your clients in terms of serving unique content based on customer journey? So as, as people start to self-identify by the way that they're visiting your site, the the journey can change to, to fit that profile or that persona?
1: Yeah, I mean, we do do some personalization aspects of it. So, I mean, if a returning visitor comes back and they've been, browsing on their site, um, looking for, say you got a clothing store and they're looking at, you know, swimsuits, we want to serve them up more information about swimsuits, not, you know, t-shirts and pants. Sure. Um, you know, so, and the same thing we can do some creative stuff in geolocations too. So we're not going to serve up sweaters and, you know, gloves and hats to people that live in South Florida. You know, we want to create that unique experience and it's getting more and more so on the personalization aspect that we're creating those unique experiences. One of the things we're doing recently is doing a lot of stuff in the lead generation space and like a custom home builder, Okay, yeah. um, doing some of that from a geo perspective. We're doing it also in the pet space, you know, splitting it up dog and cat and creating that, you know, kind of unique experience. From that standpoint, and then we do some we also do advertising too, so we'll, we'll manage paid media. That's a smaller portion of our business, but we'll do that on the ad side too. so you know new reverse, returning, retargeting, um, content drip sequences, things to kind of build and nurture. And then we'll also recommend to clients in fact, I'm giving a speech on this uh, the end of October is nurturing that visitor on abandoned cart uh, versus like racing to the discount. And we'll help recommend that too. So answering the questions and building that relationship versus just saying, "Hey, you forgot something in your cart. Here's ten percent off" um, to help create a better lifetime and long term customer versus just trying to get the sale day one.
0: Yeah, that's that's really neat. Uh, The other thing that came to mind as you were sharing that was, you know, do your clients or or have your clients in the past taken uh, taken this learning and applied it to their advertising. I'm assuming that once you you start seeing some of the um the metrics come in, like you said, and you can see a trend, you should be able to take, I'm assuming, some of that that content or the, you know, as you're helping them to make their site better and apply that to advertising to again get a better result right from the beginning.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. The more we can answer those questions up front, the better. One example pops up in fact we I was just working on their site before we hopped on to record this, is um they we were wondering why people were bouncing on a particular element when they got to the product page and we just ran an exit poll and just asked them, but like, what question didn't we answer today? Like, well, what's the deal? Why, why are you guys leaving? And they basically told us, I don't know which scent to choose. Wow. It was a multi, they had like six different options or so for what the product smells like. The information, yeah. the scent guide was on the page, Yeah, but they didn't see it. Okay. Too far So all we did was moved it up right next to the selection. It said, when they selected it, we just said, smells like X, Y, and Z, or every time it changed and it increased mobile conversions, like 30 something percent, because we were just answering that question, you know, that's kind of what we're doing. And then now they can take that and they can move it on because that was a big objection that their visitors had. And we can play that off into their advertising you know, smells like this and really play on that, you know, multiple scents to choose from. Obviously, those visitors really care about the scent of that product. So we can leverage that in other areas and aspects and content and, um, you know, do content around, you know, why our products this or why do we choose these certain scents and, you know, what goes into choosing these scents and just really educate the audience around why our products are better. And it just it's a multifaceted approach when you when you look at it that way, and all because we just asked the visitors what they actually wanted or where they were getting hung up in that process, and it just kind of spirals from there.
0: What a crazy idea, asking the visitors what they want. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting to listen to you talk about geotargeting in terms of uh, what products to serve up, because I'll still see e-commerce uh, marketers that can't sell into certain marketplaces still sending email to those people that 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 reside there it's like you should know that if the you know if you can't ship to Canada you can't ship to the UK don't mail your people an offer that live there because you're just frustrating them
1: yeah. yeah you're just burning that bridge for when you do open up to the UK or you do open up to Canada yeah you know I mean we've got we've got clients that even have separate sites and completely mirrored images of each other that run in Canada versus the U.S. because we just create a different experience sure. um, based on that.
0: So is there an example uh, that you want to share, a client that's a, maybe a favorite client or somebody that was maybe difficult to get started with and, and, and you, you kind of help them kind of see the light and um, now they've probably swung over to the evangelist side of the, uh, the equation?
1: Well, there's lots of those. <laughs> really, conversion rate optimization kind of is pretty new. Really. I mean, I've been around the internet game for quite a few years. And it's kind of where SEO was, you know, 10 years ago, people just, you know, it wasn't really a thing, but it was a thing, you know, people understood the importance of it. But now they're really, really trying, starting to recognize the importance of on-site testing and optimization. And not so much... A lot of people do A-B testing, but they don't really do true optimization. And A-B testing is really just our way to prove or disprove any assumptions that we might have yep. or kind of really help us solidify what our thinking was and really measure what what it is we're thinking. But there's been a lot of companies that come in and know that they need to improve, but they're so focused or so hung up on you know one metric or that, hey, I, I know we can get our conversion rates up to 2%. It's like, well, that really doesn't matter to me, uh, which we've already talked about. But one of the ones that I I saw was we did nine or 10 tests and didn't really see a meaningful improvement for this company. Like we were struggling and we don't struggle that often, at least not that hard, but we couldn't, nothing we tried. I mean, we were following all the data, we were trying, you know, Past tests that we know were like 90% chance that we were going to see an improvement. Nothing was working. And then we finally got it clicking. And I think the 11th or 12th test, we came out and we improved conversions over 52%. Wow. All because we were building upon... It just took us a little more time to really gather and understand what these visitors were going through and, and behaving. Because typically, we win probably... 46, 47% of the time on the tests that we conduct across the board, some are more, some are less, but the average and to go through that many tests and not see a winner was was very hard <laughs> to to really discern and, and figure out. But yeah, I mean, we see a few like that. But what we find is if a company embraces the process of optimization, and I say that optimization, not just throwing some random stuff up against the wall and hoping that changing my button color from green to orange is going to improve my conversion rate and really embracing that CRO process, that's when they can see the exponential growth. That's when they can see the advantages of changing and evolving and truly creating a brand legacy versus just, Hey, I've got this product, let's blow out an offer and test as fast as we possibly can in hopes that we improve and get the most out of it that we can kind of gone are those days if you want to build a brand and scalability from that side
0: well and i think often we get just so busy looking at what everyone's doing on social media that we're looking for these double digit or triple digit increases uh, in terms yeah. of our conversions. And you know I've often looked and we kind of look at the whole process like you said. so you know if we can get a, a you know an extra half percent on the on the ad conversion side and then we can get you know pick up a point on getting them to the website and pick up another half a point at the sales cart. I mean those things make a huge difference. Because you're already spending the budget on getting the traffic there. And to me, that's like found money. That's like walking down the street and and finding a bundle of hundred dollar bills on the floor.
1: Oh yeah. And getting people to understand that. It is, it's not they're like, oh, I'm not seeing the improvement. It's like, well, we've only been testing for a month. You know? It's like, <laughs> but if you look at it, okay, this is a twenty percent improvement. Yeah. I'm not seeing that on my conversion side. Like they'll log into Shopify and they'll be like, oh my but my conversion rate. You guys are saying that I got a 20% increase, but it, my conversion rate isn't showing that in Shopify when there's so many other variables and fluctuations and things that are hard to quantify from CRO. But if you look at it, ex, you know, kind of annually, as far as the improvement say, oh yeah, we made you an extra $2,000 They're like, oh yeah, big deal. But if you compound that and look at it on say even a quarterly or a annual basis, yeah, that's massive. Sure it is. You know, we've done millions of dollars in increases when you look at it from that standpoint, probably over $100 million in improvements. You know, one company we tested showed like a $3.5 million improvement. And once they embrace that and see, look at it long term versus like day one or a one week time periods, like a lot of these guys, you know, teach in drop shipping and it's like you can become an instant millionaire and
0: you know, all of this stuff. <laughs> They they can become an instant millionaire by selling you the course. Yeah, exactly. So uh, another question for you then in terms of how this works. So I just want to give our audience an idea of what does this look like? So, you know, we have people listening going, okay, that sounds cool. I've got a website. I've got, you know, e-commerce. Or I'm selling a membership or subscription. I'm, I'm driving some traffic there with Google and Facebook. What would an engagement look like with you guys to get started? What's the getting started process look like?
1: Usually we just come in and we'll do a, a complimentary analysis. So if you feel like you're fit, you got some consistent sales and some consistent traffic coming in the door, then we'll go in and we'll look at analytics. We'll look back at a three month time period. I think any longer than that's kind of pointless. Yeah. We'll just kind of look for trends in that data, kind of prove, you know, some assumptions you might have, give, find a few surprises in there, but really just get a 30,000 foot view of what the, the, the data is telling us and give you a bunch. And then we'll go through the user journey and pick out, you know, a couple dozen or so, you know, potential test ideas, and then just really go from there. And then actually getting started is just making sure tracking's in place. We start gathering some additional data. We start building that first experiment. And then we get off to the races and test as fast as the data will allow us usually testing anywhere between two and five tests at a time, depending on what we're testing, where we're testing. And then we just, you know, build up the queue from there. But yeah, setup period and that initial analysis phase, once we get started, it's just kind of formality of, you know, making sure that we got heat maps in place, we got exit polling kind of started, we're starting to track some things or analytics is set up correctly, and uh, we can then start developing more in depth experiment plans um, and going from there.
0: Now, in terms of impact to the, uh, on the IT side, how do you guys work to, to make that uh, as seamless as possible? So I'm thinking, okay, I've got a site, you've got, you've got a developer, you've got a web dev team. Is this stuff that you, that uh, your team would actually implement or is this stuff that you would work with the company and their, their development team to get implemented in the back end of the site?
1: Uh, it depends on the site. Depends on the company. I mean, if we work all the way up into Fortune 500 and they're not going to let us have access to their servers, <laughs> No, you know, it's just yeah. not going to yeah. happen. Um, even though they put you through a very, very rigorous data and security check, which I'm happy to say we passed, but it was yeah, that was painful. But most of the time, if it's like a Shopify store or something, usually they'll just let us have access. And we're very diligent about uh, QA because we're dealing with a lot of sensitive data. Yep. So we've got a very extensive QA process, usually three or four part, depending on what we're testing. But yeah, we just install it, verify it. And then from there, it's kind of hands off. So we, we like to say we take care of 98% of the heavy lifting. And that's usually the case. Um, we do all the design and the development. So sometimes we'll leverage some of their internal resources for questions. Um, it's really just a preference at that point. But we kind of like to control it because it allows us to do it faster than waiting. You know, we've had clients that take 45 days to install a script.
0: Yeah. because you know, they just got to <laughs> get
1: through so many hoops. And that doesn't lead to a very good relationship for anybody.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's funny. I can relate to the Fortune 500 company. We did some work with the Hong Kong bank at one point, and um, it was interesting uh, going through the uh, the qualification process of what we're going to do with the data. So what's um, yeah, once you're in, you're in, though. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it took a while. Um, yeah, I'm not going to get into that story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're out and about and you're speaking, you're at conferences. You know, you probably hear a lot of people talking about you know marketing and conversion, and some might be beating their chest, bragging a bit. So, to steal a Tim Ferriss question, what's some of the bad advice you hear in the industry as it pertains to testing and optimization? Oh, the bad advice! I'm not. You don't need to name names. I'm just trying to, yeah. think, you know, because lots of times, you know, people, the listeners will 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 listen to the podcast, they'll go do some research, and then they're gonna get a Google result that's gonna come up, and so you're gonna have to sort through that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the bad advice that I get is that there is a redesign will help you fix all your conversion problems. Yeah. It's probably the biggest one. Yeah. I see a lot of companies. um, Also in the Shopify world, it's that there's a magic theme out there (laughs) that's going to fix all. That's going to convert like crazy. Sure. Other bad advice is just thinking that there are best practices, which there aren't. There are ideas that might be ideal. (laughs) But there aren't really any true best practices across the board. What works for somebody, even selling the same exact thing, will not necessarily work for somebody else. Um, So following that will ultimately lead you down the path of demise. And that you can assume... There's a lot of assumptions that I hear. Like you said, people pounding their chest at events, being like, hey, I did this because of this. And then people following that. Um, An example, you've probably been around this, this... long, too, is the old yellow buttons. (laughs) Yeah, So on the landing pages, somebody said that the yellow buttons worked amazing. You go back even further to like Perry Belcher and his Belcher button with the orange and the blue and all of those things, people then all of a sudden gravitated and everything was orange or everything was yellow. (laughs) Um, and they just thought that somebody else could do it. So therefore it must be the gospel and it must be what works. But the biggest, probably the biggest thing is just following other people and saying that what they say goes versus following what your visitors actually care about the most and what's in it because what you or i think at the end of the day really doesn't matter it's you got to be unbiased when it comes to it and dealing with you know 50 plus companies that we do at any given time it's we have to stay unbiased and all we care about is what's the data telling us and what are the visitors actually telling us it doesn't matter what you're selling uh, who you're selling it to all we care about is what they care about and what their biggest pain points and problems are. I don't know if that specifically answered the
0: question, but. No, you covered a number of points. And I think that's so great because the the thing I like about what, you know, what you guys are doing and the, and the work that we've done before just using basic analytics is that we can debate all day long about what you think or what I think. And at the end of the day, you look at the report and the report will tell you what your visitors think Mm -hmm. by based on what they did or didn't do. Right, so we can argue, but it's like, here here's the data. We had a, we had a client debating with us about keywords we're using. Goes my cl- my customers aren't that smart. Going, Well, we're not suggesting how smart they are. We're just saying this is the the term they're typing in the search engine to find you. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. they they wouldn't do that. It's like th- th- well, this, is, this is the data. <laughs> we're yeah. not we're not making it up. Yeah, and that that's it, that it is too. Is
1: just to embrace the process of it, and yep. that's that's the biggest thing. Is they there's a lot of people that are so close to their their site and so close to their marketing that they can't see the forest for the trees. And they can't understand, you know, I give this example too. We had a client that did NASA studies on their product, backed it up with all of this scientific research. But at the end of the day, their visitors didn't give a damn about any of that scientific stuff. All they cared about is I can do X in Y time. Sure. And it's going to solve my problem. And literally they did not care anything. Anytime we did anything scientific, to try to support it, they didn't care.
0: Yeah, I mentioned to you when we were off air that I was at this uh, conversion summit that Marketing Sherpa put on years and years ago in San Francisco, and they had one of the big companies in the U.S. that makes X-ray equipment. Mm-hmm. And so they they went and did this market research study, got a whole bunch of people in, paid a whole bunch of money, did the study, got the data of what the, the, what the potential clients want to see for advertising, and then they ran a simple A-B test. So they took all the data from the market research And then they put, and the market research said they wanted to see doctors and nurses using this equipment and how it worked. And that was the control. And then the test was a good looking male doctor and a good looking female doctor standing beside the equipment. And that one, you know, blew the other one out of the water. It Mm -hmm. was crazy. Yeah.
1: I mean, we've seen 75% plus improvements by just changing an image (laughs) or, you know, changing, we're doing one right now in lead generation space that's, very, very, I'm not going to name the niche, but it's very, very expensive keywords. Yep. Like we're talking triple digits, a click. Wow. they very close to it. And that was one of those other struggles. So it's like we tried everything, the layouts, the function, the, the copy, the all the typical things that would typically move the needle. All it came down to our recent tests, I think we're showing a 30% improvement in their mobile signups, all because we changed the button label. It came down to that,
0: like yep. literally... Two or that, three words. That's funny. Well, I mean, that's 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 the advantage of of, of testing, like you said, and, and being patient, and then getting those big wins. Because you know you'll take that away for I don't know how long that'll stay. You know the the norm, but you get a year, two years out of that's great return on investment.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, especially when you're spending that much click. And-
0: yeah. So a couple, a couple of questions, and we'll let you we'll let you get back to helping your clients today. So what what are you most excited about in this industry right now?
1: The the most exciting that I'm getting is people that are actually embracing the process of improvement. Something I've done for God, I've been split testing before there was software to split test. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I guess I am excited about that. I'm getting a little bit excited about the personalization and kind of artificial intelligence side of optimization. I don't think AI is there yet on the actual user experience user interface type optimization. There's some softwares that claim they can do it, but I've yet to see one that can actually do it. So kind of seeing the evolution of that um, in the machine learning side of things. And really just the more and more companies, I guess that that's what's really, really exciting to see the evolution of the people embracing optimization. You know, having started this company five plus years ago and struggling to educate people on why optimization is important to now people realizing, Hey, I need optimization is, it, is, has been exciting to see. So yeah, I guess that's, that's about it for what I'm kind of excited
0: about. So who's one guest I absolutely have to have in my podcast.
1: One of my good buddies is extremely smart when it comes to social media, marketing and advertising, particularly for, you know, small local. And I know he does a lot of work in like um, micro breweries and, you know, beer industry and all of that stuff, but his name is Marty McDonald from Bad Rhino. He's a good friend of mine and he's ridiculously smart uh, when it comes to all things social. Um, And it's grown a nice little company because of it. But yeah, he'd be a fantastic guest.
0: Awesome, I would appreciate an introduction if you've, uh, when you get a minute. Yeah. Now, where's the best place for people to track you down, learn more about what you're doing and how you're helping your companies, you know, your clients make more money?
1: I'm actually excited because just last week we rolled out a brand new website. It's like our seventh iteration of a website since we started, but conversionfanatics.com. And we actually went through a whole rigorous process and it took us months to do this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're excited about that. We're um, launching a whole new content campaign to push out a lot more in-depth, specific content to really help out people in all aspects of marketing, not just in CRO. So, yeah, conversionfanatics.com. You can also find me on social by going to Clixo, C-L-Y-X-O dot com slash Justin Christensen, all one word. and You can find links to all my social things there, including YouTube. And then you can find a copy of my book by just searching my name on Amazon.
0: Well, that's awesome. I want to say thanks so much for taking time today. This was so cool. I could, I could you know, spend days talking about this, yeah. and and but it's more fun to implement than it is to talk about it. It is well. Thank you, Doug, for
1: having me, and uh, hopefully, you found it of some value. And it was the pleasure was absolutely all mine.
0: So there you go, listeners. There's Justin giving you some great tips on why you should invest some time and have someone uh, like like him and his company take a look at what you're doing. Um, you know, if you work from the shopping cart backward and uh, take a look at the data and just follow your customer's journey. The data will show you what your customers want, what they don't want, what they like, and what they don't like. And if you're not looking at it, then you can't be responsive. And if you're not responsive, then you're not serving their needs. So we want to keep serving your needs here. So thanks for tuning in. We look forward to serving you on our next episode.